so uh, it was only a few months after they were married, maybe three or four months. I don't even think it was that long uh, before grandpa was then uh, deployed to Korea. As it got closer to Christmas, grandpa's heart grew heavier and heavier. He had never been away from his family before for Christmas, his parents and his siblings. And now he was also away from my grandmother for their very first Christmas together. And um, he was so worried about these children and the other people and how they were gonna survive that winter. Um, and his heart was heavy during that time. A few days before Christmas, he received a package in the mail. Welcome to Stories of Hope in Hard Times, the show that explores how people endure and even thrive in difficult times, all with God's help. I'm your host, Tamara K. Anderson. Join me on a journey to find inspiring stories of hope and wisdom learned in life's hardest moments. I am pleased to bring on my guest today. I've had her on before, but I'm going to quickly introduce her to you again. She is a felicitously married mother of six children, including a daughter who has earned her angel wings. She was raised in the California Bay Area and came to Utah, where she met and married her husband of 27 years. She's an award-winning author and just published her first book, An Unbearable Burden, about the loss of her two-year-old daughter to a cancerous brain tumor only 30 short hours after diagnosis and how God carried her and taught her to survive that loss. If you want to hear her share that story, I will link it in today's show notes because she shared it with me back in 2021. But she loves leading children's music in her congregation and serving on the Women's Conference Service Subcommittee, which has opened her eyes to the myriad of service opportunities around us daily. I am pleased to present Krista Isaacson. Krista, are you ready to share your holiday story of hope? I am, Tamara. Thank you for having me today. Oh, it's so fun to have you back on the show. And it's fun to have people who have been on more than once. They, they've become like closer friends of mine usually. So it, I feel like I'm just kind of bringing a friend back on and saying, hey, Aww. tell me another story. <laughs> great. Well, let's just sit on the couch and chat. That sounds great. Oh, my goodness. Well, I thought we'd break the ice today and have you share what is a fun holiday tradition that you do with your family? So um, growing up, my my parents... We're really good at hiding the fact that money was tight. My dad is a general uh, contractor and one of the most hardworking people I know. Um, but uh, things like sugar cereal was not a very commonplace item in our home growing up. And so our tradition would be that for Christmas morning, we, we all went to the store and we got to go down the cereal aisle and pick any box of cereal that we wanted. And so there were six of us. And so there were six boxes of sugar cereal that we'd all handpicked laid out for Christmas morning breakfast. And it was the happiest. I can still smell the strawberry shortcake cereal that they had back <laughs> in the 80s. <laughs> so, I love that. Oh, yeah, that that's fun. so funny. You know, <laughs> I, I grew up in a similar household and my mom used to get the big, um, kind of bags of the generic Cheerios. Yeah. And she'd get like five of those bags and she'd mix it in those big white buckets. And then yes. she'd take one bag of the honey sweetened ones and she'd mix it in. <laughs> 
and that was our regular cereal if we wanted cereal and then one of my sisters was so funny she would sit and she would kind of tilt the bucket and pick out the shiny ones they were they were the honey flavored ones and I'm like you can't do that it's cheating she's like I can do it if I want anyway a lot of work uh I just my parents were incredible and always made the holidays magical and I, I only have sweet, wonderful memories of Christmas growing up. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about a story about your grandfather. Would you mind telling us a little bit about that and then share the story? Yeah. So I, for those of you who are just listening, I'm going to hold up a picture of my grandparents. Um, this is my grandpa, Victor, and my grandma, Ruby. This is their engagement picture. So oh, they met at a, a college football game and then they went on one date before grandpa what, uh, went to basic training for the army. This was the Korean uh, war era. Mm. And so uh, he, he just knew that this was the woman that he wanted to marry even after one date. And so he sent her an engagement ring in the mail. Are you serious? And, yes. <laughs> and so she replied back with a letter and said, yes. And so when he came home on leave after basic training, they got married in June of 1952. So uh, it was only a few months after they were married, maybe three or four months. I don't even think it was that long uh, before grandpa was then uh, deployed to Korea. He traveled on the USS Walker across the ocean. And uh, his first glance of Korea was that it was a beautiful country. He could see the tall green mountains. Um, but when they landed and he went inland with his company, he learned how much devastation there had been in that country. Mm -hmm. And it broke his heart to see all of the people that had lost so much. And so that was a difficult time because he had just been married and he had to leave his brand new bride behind and go to a foreign country that was filled with people that were hurting and with devastation throughout the land. Um, he remembers uh, walking through the streets when he could on days where he had leave. He would go into the, the little village that was nearby and um, there were people just, their homes were in rubble. They'd lost everything. There wasn't a family that hadn't lost a family member. That, um, wow. And uh, he said, but he said the hardest part was seeing the little children. There were uh, so many children that would just sit in the street in front of the rubble that had been their homes. And when asked where their parents were, they would point at their homes. They would point oh. at the rubble. And they just knew that their parents had been buried somewhere underneath that home. And there were so many children that were left orphans in those little villages. So grandpa always said that was the hardest part was the little children. Mm. Um, they arrived before it started to snow, but it, it soon got closer to Christmas time. And um, a troubling, hard situation became even worse when it started to snow. So there was, in this little village, uh, someone had set up a makeshift orphanage. It was just a bombed out building. Mm -hmm. There was half a roof. There were no windows. There were no facilities of, of any kind. There was no heat or water or um, sanitary situation but at least it was a place for the children to be. And so grandpa often uh, would take a friend, a buddy, and they would walk into the village and they would take what they could. They would take a blanket or a little bit of food or you know, a pair of socks, something, anything that they could rummage up. 
but even the army didn't have a lot to spare. But they would take what they could and they would um, go to the orphanage and try to help the children. And he said it was just a scene of devastation because they had barely any clothes on. They, they just had rags. They had maybe a few thin blankets that they were sharing. They were just on the cement floor in the cold, in the snow and, and whatever food they could rummage up, you know, it wasn't much. Um, so as it got closer to Christmas, grandpa's heart grew heavier and heavier. He had never been away from his family before for Christmas, his parents and his siblings. And now he was also away from my grandmother for their very first Christmas together. And um, he was so worried about these children and the other people and how they were gonna survive that winter. Um, and his heart was heavy during that time. Um, a few days before Christmas, uh, he received a package in the mail. First, I wanna show you, show you this little gift before I get to that part. For those of you that can't see, I'm gonna hold up a beautiful little purse. This oh. is a uh, black velvet and it's got uh, gold embroidery through the black velvet of different flowers. It has a cute little um, fabric handle, a gold clasp. And when you open up the, the gold clasp, there's a beautiful mirror Ooh. on the inside. It's like a little bucket purse. So it looks a little bit like, you know, a little bucket with a lid on it. Mm -hmm. This is what my grandfather sent to my grandmother their first Christmas. He sent this from oh, Korea. So this wow. is her his gift to her. What she sent to him, um, she sent him a care package with things that she thought maybe would help him. Uh, there were some wool socks and some gloves. I think there was a scarf in there, just some warm clothes. Um, there were some photographs from home, which were precious to him. And also a few treats, including a package of what he called hardtack Christmas candy. And again, I'm going to hold up a picture. Um, you'll, you'll know this is familiar to most people. They still sell it in the stores at Christmas time. But it's um, the candy that looks like little ribbons folded together or little striped pillows or sometimes they're the round candies that have shapes like flowers or fruits on the inside of right. them. Hard, hard sucking candy. So there was a package of this hard candy in there. And the second he saw that candy, he knew exactly what he wanted to do with it. So he found his buddy that would go into the village with him and he said, get your boots on and let's go. And they ran through the snow into the village, straight to the orphanage. And he had that sack of candy in his pocket. And uh, they walked into the orphanage and the children were always happy to see them because they were friendly face and usually kind and brought something with them, but they were so cold, they kind of stayed under their blankets until grandpa pulled out the sack of candy and showed it to them. And then they came running. And grandpa passed out a piece of candy, one piece of candy to each child, one by one by one. And there was just enough for every child to receive one piece of hardtack candy. He says that was the only Christmas gift that they received that Christmas. But after months and months of hardship of eating scrounged food and being cold and ha having lost their families, having lost everything, that one piece of candy brought a beautiful light and joy into that room. Grandpa said the children were so happy. They said, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, over and over again. And then they made my grandpa and, and his friends sit down on the floor and they sang Korean songs and they performed traditional Korean dances in the dirt with their bare feet as a thank you to these men that had shown them some kindness at Christmas time. So, this is a story that um, my grandfather never forgot, and it is precious to him. 
and he would gather us around every Christmas and he would tell us the story. And I know he could still see those children's faces by the tears in his eyes. I just knew he could still see them and that he was hoping that they had grown up to live happy and healthy lives. And that that was his, always his prayer that those children had been able to find happiness and joy. Um, after he was done telling his story, grandpa would pull out a jar of hardtack Christmas candy and pass it around the room. And we were each allowed to take one piece. Now, when I was younger, I thought it was a sweet story and it was touching, but as I grew older and continue to hear this story, that piece of hardtack candy has meant a lot of things to me. Um, it has meant uh, to always be thankful, to always be thankful for what we have and the blessings that we have because so many things can be so easily taken away. So to never be, to never take our blessings for granted, our family, our homes, our comforts, even things like warm clothes, so many of the things that those children didn't have anymore. That candy has also represented hope that even in the hardest, darkest days, there can still be things that bring us hope, that there will be good days ahead, that there is light ahead, that there will be healing and help from those around us. That candy has also represented um, love that um, sometimes when we're going through hard things, it's hard to accept love and help from other people, isn't it? I think mm -hmm. sometimes that's the hardest thing is to allow others to come into into the darkness with you, to come in to where maybe you're not at your best, to let them see you in your hard and, and rough states. Um, but the beauty of allowing someone to come in and bless your life and bring what they can. Um, I, I just think this candy can represent a lot of different things. And I would say if we could interview each member of my family, it would probably mean something unique and different to each one. But I think that was the blessing of the stories that grandpa never told us what it should represent. Mm -hmm. He let it be a gift to each of us, that one piece of candy. And we took that away from his home every year and thought on it and thought about what it meant to us that year. And it has stayed with me. He passed away three years ago, but I still tell this story to my children. And now I pass the jar of candy to them. Oh, what a sweet, sweet story. We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we'll have more lessons, tips, and things you can apply to your life. Stay tuned. Hey, my friends, are you looking for a meaningful Christmas gift this year? If so, you need look no further. I have a fantastic, sweet, short story. I am so excited to share with you my new booklet. It's called A Broken Down Holiday. This is the story of a widowed young mother trying to travel home for the holidays soon after her husband dies and being stranded in the middle of nowhere. And some of the hard things that she experiences and some of the miracles that you wouldn't think were miracles that she had happen, but it is based on a true story that happened to my mother-in-law. It's great for those friends that you're just like, what do I get them? Something simple that's under five bucks. It's a great stocking stuffer. So if you want to share this message of hope with your friends or family members, check it out. A Broken Down Holiday on TamaraKAnderson.com. Oh, 
What a sweet, sweet story. I I just love that. And I'm a little teary, <laughs> probably because it's just a little tender, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a sweet story. But another thing that I was thinking about as you were telling it was how many of us are away from loved ones during the holidays sometimes. Yeah. And, and I love the example of your grandfather of looking for ways that he could serve Mm-hmm. and bring that Christmas spirit, not only to him, but share it with others. And that in sharing that he was given a gift in return, mm-hmm. you know, that gift yeah. that the children gave him. And so <laughs> I, I was just thinking, you know, this is a perfect example of, of when you're feeling sad and sorry for yourself, if you can't spend Christmas with those you love, that there are always others of God's children that mm-hmm. could use your love Yes. And kindness at Christmas time. I think this story distills down the most important elements of where we find joy, where we find peace, especially during the holidays. We we tend to seek for those things in in ways that maybe don't really lend truthfully to joy or peace or happiness. Um, mm-hmm. We search for them in decorations or in uh, glitter and and lights and and you know the fancy things of the holiday, but. For my grandfather, that Christmas didn't involve any of those things and not Mm -hmm. even his family close by, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But it was in the forgetting himself and serving someone else and giving what he could in serving um, in whatever way he could and then those children serving him back, that that's where they found joy and happiness Mm -hmm. that Christmas. So yeah, it can be found in every circumstance. Uh, I think it just requires us sometimes coming out of ourselves and coming out of our own thoughts, which is so tricky to do sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to be caught up in the things that are hard and to be stuck there. Um, But yeah, I think if we can find a way to do that, to, to see other people and, and to spread joy and light that it can't help but be contagious to our own hearts. Yeah. And, and I know you speak from experience as far as dealing with maybe grief during the holidays, especially after you did lose your daughter. Uh, Are there any tips you would give to parents or women or men who have lost someone during the holidays? I I just said, you know, that sometimes we get stuck and you know what, sometimes I guess I'll retract that a little bit, that sometimes that's an okay place to be for a time. Um, that we need to be gentle with ourselves and allow ourselves to go through those difficult feelings. There's, there's something um, about not ignoring those things or trying to race through them or pretend they don't exist, right? Mm -hmm. Grief, grief is um, a process that it takes time and it takes patience and it takes kindness to ourselves and to other people. Um, I just think that for me, it has helped if I don't get stuck there. I allow Mm -hmm. myself moments and times of grief. And then I say, I don't want to be stuck there. I want to show my daughter who um, I know, I believe she is safe in heaven and that she's aware of me and that I will see her again. And I, I don't want her to feel like um, her death only brought sadness to my life, that there are beautiful memories that I remember, that there are things that we did together, that there are still ways that she uh, adds light and life to our lives. And, and I want those things to be as impactful. And I, so I take the moments to grieve and then I take the moments to um, remember her with fondness and goodness. And then one of our favorite Christmas traditions is that my husband and I write her a letter 
and we put it in her stocking and it's the only gift that we give her anymore because she doesn't need dolls or dresses even though I would love to buy them for her. Um, but we write her a letter and we make her a promise of something that we're going to do that year uh, to better ourselves, to serve other people, to add goodness to this world. And that is our gift to her because we feel like those are the things that will help us to be more like her, to uh, help us to be prepared to be where she is and to be with her forever. Mm. So that's one of my favorite ways to, to kind of turn a hard, maybe sad time of year on its head and to remember um, the things that she would have us do good in the world and to find ways to spread joy and hopefully lift people who are standing where we have once stood. That's mm. our goal. Yeah, absolutely. And if you know someone who is struggling with grief right now, I would highly recommend Krista's book. Krista, why don't you tell us quickly about your book, Unbearable Burden, and where we can find it? Yeah, Unbearable Burden. The uh, subtitle is One Mother's Decision to Trust God When He Asked the Impossible. Mm. And um, the title of my book, Unbearable, I know that sounds like a heavy, a heavy book to read, and it is a, a heavy story, but if you will actually look at the, the title of the book, you'll notice that the un of unbearable is starting to fade away like it's being blown away. My hope is that uh, as readers read my story and read the story of, of my daughter, Alora, um, that there is hope also in the story. That I, I found that with the love of family and friends and by trusting in God, and uh, allowing beautiful blessings into my life that that unbearable burden, that thing that I thought I could never carry, that I would never survive became bearable through so many amazing, wonderful experiences that I document in that book. Um, and I can stand here today and say that uh, it has become bearable, that with time and healing and uh, many wonderful people who have lent them their hands to my life through, you know, friendship and, and care that, uh, that unbearable burden has become bearable. And, um, so you can find the book on Amazon. Um, you can also visit my website. It's Krista M Isaacson.com. Krista is K R I S T A. Then the initial M Isaacson is I S A A C S O N. That double A sometimes is tricky. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I think, one of the things I love about Krista is her faith in God through all of this. And, um, and so I thought I'd have you share maybe a favorite uh, scripture about the Savior during the holiday season, because I think it'll pull it all together. <laughs> Everything that we've been talking about, about here today. <laughs> I love it. Um, the scripture that I chose to share today is a, one of my new favorites I found just a few years ago. And I believe that it describes my experience of losing my daughter and learning to trust God in a new way that I had never before. Um, while we were in the hospital, it was just like you said, Tamara, at the beginning, 30 hours between Alora's diagnosis with a cancerous brain tumor and when she passed away. So in essence, a day. And um, I could not understand why that was the path that God wanted me to walk. I didn't understand why he wouldn't grant me the miracle of saving her when other children sometimes receive that miracle. There were a lot of things I didn't understand. But in the end, I learned that if I could just trust him completely, that he would hold me and guide me and carry me through that to brighter days ahead. And I have learned to trust him and 
to uh, know what his voice sounds like and to feel his arms around me. And so the scripture is Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Mm. I have always known about Christ. I've always known who he was. I've always known the promises that he made. But when I lost my daughter and in the months and years that have followed of learning to walk through grief and learning to uh, live a new normal without her, I can truly say that Christ has become my salvation. Mm. I like that because it suggests progress. It suggests um, acceptance, surrender. It, it, it implies action, that there was a process that I went through with Christ to where I can say that today he has become my salvation. I have accepted him into my heart and my life. And I know that I am here today because of him. And I mm. love him. Oh, well, thank you so much for being willing to share that. Not only the story of your grandfather and how a lonely Christmas can become more full mm. as we serve, but also sharing a little bit of your story in there as well of how God can take that unbearable burden and make it bearable and save us from mm. all the grief and sorrows of life. Um, one baby step at a time. Like you said, it, it's a, it's a process. It's a process. Yes. And, and I think that's what makes Christmas so special. And that holiday season of the year so special. It's because we're remembering him more often. Yes. And, you know, as Thanksgiving blends into Christmas, I think it's beautiful pattern that we're thankful for Christ. Yes. Do you know what no, I mean? No. We're thankful yeah. for Christ. He is what makes life bearable right? Yes, he does. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing this wonderful holiday story of hope and your faith in Jesus Christ, which has gotten you through all of your struggles. And will continue to forever. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you like what you heard, subscribe so you can get your weekly dose of powerful stories of hope. I know there are many of you out there who are going through a hard time, and I hope you found useful things that you can apply to your own life in today's podcast. If you would like to access the show notes of today's show, please visit my website, storiesofhopepodcast.com. There you will find a summary of today's show, the transcript, and one of my favorite takeaways. You know, if someone kept coming to mind during today's episode, perhaps that means that you should share this episode with them. Maybe there was a story shared or a quote or a scripture verse that they really, really need to hear. So go ahead and share this podcast. May God bless you, especially if you are struggling with hope to carry on and with the strength to keep going when things get tough. Remember to walk with Christ and he will help you bear the burden. And above all else, remember God loves you.